What's going on, baby? Fellas, fellas, fellas. Welcome back to episode 100. 100, huh, Bo? Century mark. The century mark. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Look at us. <laughs> well, uh, guys, obviously, we appreciate everybody jumping on. Um, we're going to do a whole bunch of things today we're going to dive into here in a second. Uh, but uh, we, ha- we thank you guys for jumping on and celebrating episode 100 with us. Um, as you guys are just as well, we're all inside houses and <laughs> making it work. But we have some fun things coming here forward. Um, Bo, why don't you tell them what we're going to do- get into today? Yeah, I mean, I think to kick off the show, the first thing we've got to do is give away farm board, huh? Oh, why not? <laughs> why not? And I think by default, make sure he's still on here. Oh, he's on. I see him. But I'm pretty sure we're going to go with Garth. So <laughs> Yeah, whoever Garth is. <laughs> um, whether that's the real name or not, we'll uh, reach out. You'll probably have to shoot us a DM because I don't know your name. But reach out to <laughs> us and we'll uh, hook you up with a farm board. Uh, we're going to be giving away, I think, one or two more farm boards and then a couple mini courses throughout the show as well. Yeah. Um, start the show off, Joey and I kind of wanted to just reminisce uh, about the journey to this point. Yeah. Um, both of us are um, rather emotional. So, um, kind of look back and reminisce uh, about the journey to get here, Joey. Yeah. When you look back, what do you think, uh, what are your first thoughts about, you know, two years ago to now? Yeah. Well, first off, uh, you know, a lot of people, we've said this a couple of times, but a lot of people don't know this is this all started with Bo. So Bo started with the original question. You know, again, I was moved out to Utah, just stopped from, you know, being a regional manager of Planet Fitness. And Bo was moving back to Utah from coaching. And uh, he said, Joey, I think we should start a podcast. I think people would listen. And, uh, you know, we are, I remember, Bo, I remember being excited. I don't know about you, but I remember being excited when we got our first 50 listeners. We're like, yes, first 50 guys. Um, but uh, it's obviously grown quite a bit from there, right? And uh, I'll let you go ahead and touch on, you know, kind of the growth uh, and the steps that we kind of went through with it. Yeah. I mean, when we, when I first reached out to you, I was moving back from Southeastern University with uh, Adrian Dinkle. Uh, shout out to the fire. Um, <laughs> my grandparents, both my grandparents were, one of them had Alzheimer's, one of them was 92, couldn't really get around the house. So moving home to kind of take care of them. And um, I wanted to stay in the game. And I, I knew you were transitioning to um, yeah. the coaching. And so both of us just happened to end up in Utah at the same time. Um, you know, I, I actually remember when we first recorded on our phone. So that first, that oh, first yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. With the, with the little mic. I actually, <laughs> I actually think that tweet um, got the most interaction, honestly, like to this point. Yeah, the first, first one was tweet. really good. Yeah. Um, which I think we got like 300 downloads or something like that within like two days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now, obviously, we've grown to where we average, what, like a 1,000 an episode? Yeah. Um, and we've actually kind of, I mean, I don't think we missed a week for 84 weeks or something straight. I think we put yeah. something out. Um, yeah. We missed one. I can't remember what it was. It's probably something important. Yeah. Um, now, who are we kidding? You were probably getting a haircut. <laughs> um, <laughs> that no, might be true. That might we, be true. We've kind of gotten a little sporadic, um, lengthier in between episodes. Yep. Uh, obviously, the dynamic... Um, we may appear big, but it's just Joey and I. So yep. everything you see awesome. going out, uh, the products, the farm board, the courses, uh, it's just Marketing, a lot to balance. All the, so. yeah, all the stuff, all the, all, everything, everything is us on, uh, 
you know, uh, editing and all that things. And also a lot of things website wise, you know, Bo's done a great job on the website side of things, really putting some things, resources together. It doesn't matter what we create, right? If we can't get it to you guys and we can't streamline that process and it, you know, the checkout doesn't work and all the, all the, you know, all these things like those are all steps are all things that need to get done. And again, you know, it, without all that stuff, it doesn't, nothing happens. So, um, you know, it's crazy. It started with, you know, the podcast and right. Then we, you know, then uh, farm plus came out, right. I mean, sorry, hold before that farm board, then farm plus. Uh, but before all of those, we even had the free membership that we put out with the 300 plus resources that it's grown to coaches contributing from all around the world. And we say that from like, all around the world, how many countries is it being streamed? Um, and how many web- to be honest, I haven't checked in probably a month, but last time I checked, it was 52 countries. We yeah. Stream- 52 countries people are streaming from, um, which is just insane. Um, and then also with that, like there's just so many other things that it's produced, right? Then we, we came up with the free resources. We want to make sure to find a way to give back to coaches and really b- develop resources and pull them all into one place. Farm board came out first product. And I mean, again, that's grown crazy. We just had 2.0 is actually coming. Oh, whoa. Did I slide something out there about, whoa, 2.0 is coming out with the farm board. Um, we also too, uh, that we came out with farm plus with a whole bunch of exclusive content between, um, you know, you and I, Bo, um, with a whole bunch of different things that, uh, we added as well, different farm pl- uh, plus, I mean, uh, farm board continuous education stuff as well. Um, we felt like even with the farm board that the board wasn't enough by itself. So we needed to put education behind it. And then also with that, then we continued on and then we just released that mini course, uh, which is, you know, doing really well. And I'm happy that we're able to help uh, little leagues and youth organizations, uh, you know, across the board. So we've been, it's been great to team up with them. It's actually, when we talk about the products we're releasing now, I remember when we thought we were big time when we had the, the hat and the shirts coming out. <laughs> oh, hey, look at my hat, man. I wear this thing every day. <laughs> that honestly might be the first hat we've ever made right there. Yeah. No, we have that one gray one. I had the one demo. Oh, yeah. the, one demo. <laughs> the, 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 the flat brim. Yeah. The flat brim. Yep. The shirts for sure. Um, yeah. So uh, now, and then also, you know, again, so it's been a great journey to this point, you know, thank you guys for jumping on and we're, we're going with uh, episode 100 here. So um, let's go ahead. But what's the next part? What are we, what are yeah. we going to be diving into? I, mean, I think, I think before we move on, if you guys haven't checked out the free resource, um, check that out. And if you guys want to be featured, if you have anything you want to share, we're always adding to that like daily. So um, if there's a video you want to share, uh, whatever that might be, just shoot us a DM, shoot, shoot us an email. We'll get you figured out with that. Um, Joey, for the Q&As, I think um, we should start that off with Justin Stone just proposed the question earlier this week <laughs> about the, the, the training products. If you could only have, you know, three or four or five training products you could take yeah. with you on our island. Um, considering we already have baseballs, L screens. Um, I think that's a good start. Uh, what would you say? How would you answer that question? Yeah. So just so you guys know, um, I I should have prepped a little bit better and got the the picture up here for you guys, but you you only have nine items that you can pick from, right? So it's like a T, uh, the ax trainers, like the bat speed, uh, trainers, K vest, uh, a machine, plyo balls, uh, the ax, like long bats, uh, blast, a PVC, um, or a, some type of, it has hit tracks here, but some type of, um, batted ball, uh, stuff. So, um, my pick was a T <laughs> I went outside the rules, which is typical for me, <laughs> a T. Um, and then I went to plyo balls and then I said an iPhone, right. Um, which is much different than I think a lot of people, um, especially when I was looking through the comments, what a lot of people were picking. Um, for me, um, and I know that this is pretty common, you know, across the board for, you know, 108 and that, that sense of like where that, that backing and that foundation that I have from there, right. Is that understanding like movement is everything for me, 
right? So movement is everything for me. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things. And again, coaches, a lot of coaches for a really, really long time, got a lot of players better <laughs> with limited resources, creativity, yeah. training their eyes. Right. And now again, like the resource of, you know, just a cell phone and being able to view it and, you know, feedback there. But you know, again, we have a, a bunch of things that it's actually included in our mini course, like the value that we see in plow balls. Um, and a lot of a value we get from like a lot of those he heavyweighted balls. And, and I know, Bo, you've been around when, you know, at 108 when you're shadowing, like during our uh, time with the college guys and how much, you know, impact it did with them. And a lot of it, when we talk about bracing and a lot of these key components of hitting balls flush and actually being able to transfer force, how big that has been. Yep. Um, and then also too, you know, obviously off of a, a T, a lot of people have been hating on a T that's definitely not a popular vote right now. Um, but, um, you know, for us again, with movement being everything and us, you know, going through in that skill acquisition type setup, uh, that's, you know, definitely a big piece of, you know, really getting guys to move better, um, and really being able to lock in some of these movements, uh, that, you know, go forward. So yeah, that's, those, those would be my three, if I can only pick three from that list. Well, I mean, I agree. one off the list. I, I think that. I think a lot of times a lot of these things provide crutch for coaches as well. So like getting people to uh, do a certain movement, if all we're doing is using, if we're just relying on data and tech and a certain tool, well, we're inhibiting our growth as a coach as well. So yeah. um, there's nothing better than the naked eye. And yeah. in, in, in my opinion, as far as seeing it, um, being able to slow it down with the camera is huge. Um, and then I would agree, I think some type of heavy object and then probably just a T. Yeah. Um, assuming we have balls already, I think yep. you need baseballs to, to play baseball. So yeah, I know, I think, I think the big part there is just like you're saying, Bo, it's like, I do think this look like every coach is going to have a different tool set of what works best for them and what's going to be their stuff. Some guys, like, again, I know, you know, like uh, stone, for example, like stone likes a lot of tech. Right. And yep. again, it's not that I don't like a lot of tech, you know, we got, you know, everything, right. I use all that stuff too, but if I had to choose, right. Yep. And I, you know, again, um, you know, that, that stuff all helps see things differently. And, you know, obviously great that we live in a world that we don't need to choose. We could have all of them, but a lot of coaches do have to choose, right. They're on constrained budgets and that's not a game to them. <laughs> that's, yep. that's a reality. Like that's yep. a real thing. They can only choose these three things and this is within their budget. And what are they going to do with that? And like, you know, that's, that's, um, you know, that's real. So I really like that question. And also too, guys, as we're going through some of these ones that have already been asked to us and we have prepped, uh, if you guys want to, uh, you know, uh, put questions inside the chat, we'll definitely answer from there as well. So uh, definitely can jump on that as well. Yeah. We, we actually got another one, Joey. I know that obviously with 108 and the progression of your career, um, you've fallen along the way, the scissor and the kickback, um, which we brought light to it. Um, we've told the importance and how it's more of a natural move. Yeah. Uh, we had somebody reach out to us, though, and ask. Um, oh, yep, plow balls he over says plow balls over the machine. Yeah. No. Yeah. Good question. Um, yeah. So before we move on to that, to that one, yeah, I'll answer that one. Yeah. So um, we see things basically a lot differently from this. Uh, first off, for a really long time, coaches didn't have a machine, right? So okay. it's a great tool to have. I use it. I use it a ton. But a lot of times with machines is a, a big thing that we see is you see a lot of like compensatory patterns. You see a lot of compensations when guys are on machines, you're teaching them to compete. You're again, it has, it has its own uses. You're teaching adjustability. You're teaching all of these other things. It's great. But a lot of times, again, um, with me, for example, where I've had in my experience where I've had a lot more success is cleaning up overall, um, 
cleaning up overall efficiency and effectiveness of swings and bigger concepts that play against the machine. Like, Bo, you know, you could be an example of this. I hit off the machine all the time when we were in college. I didn't like it, one. Okay. But, but a big part of that was because I wasn't adjustable and I had some really, I didn't have some moves that didn't play. So yeah. me just hitting off the machine all the time, I, Bo, you saw me do it. Like it didn't make me a better hitter. If anything, it, it hurt my brain. There wasn't a lot of hitting going on. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was a lot of swinging and missing going on. And so for, for example, now I hit the machine 10 times better because yeah. I'm moving much more efficiently and I'm focusing on my movements first that well, play off a machine. Yes. You want to progress to that. I want to get tested by a machine, but again, with that, I can also do that with live arms and all that. And if I had to choose within those three, you know, then I'd want those three. But well, yeah. and I think, I think it also depends on the context of what we're trying to do. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're trying to create new movement or change the movement pattern, yeah. then the machine is probably like stage 10. A hundred. For coaches that are trying to get people to play in a game, um, maybe you're trying to get them timing, you know, their, their movement patterns are already okay. Yeah. Then we'll throw the machine in. But I think yeah. a lot of coaches uh, go backwards with that. They think yeah. as long as they can get them and train velocity and speed, yeah. um, the yeah. movements will clean up. But it's like, it's like I always say, you put pressure on a leak and pipe, that thing's going to spray. Yeah, it's going to spray. And I, I think this is another thing with that is like, me and you have talked about this on podcasts before, is talking about too, if, okay, a machine is an equivalent to like, fighting Mayweather, right? So if you were just learning or again, learning how to fight, if I put you in the ring with Mayweather, which I actually, it's funny. I actually watched a whole bunch of film of him sparring guys last night in the ring. Mm -hmm. And he's like playing with them, like picking them apart, like destroying them in the ring. Well, that guy, you could say that that absolutely um, can make him better. And in the sense of like learning from how he's fighting against them. And, and again, that depends on the athlete, but a lot of guys, um, you know, they're going to have some issues. Again, they're, all they're going to do is just keep, keep getting knocked out by Mayweather over and over and over again, rather than, again, it's great to have sparring, but majority of time of fighters is again, just like Mayweather majority of his time is not spent sparring. Majority mm -hmm. of his time is spent working on his craft, working on the efficiency of his punches. Like I sat there and watched, sat there and watched him do, um, you know, again, if you've seen him do pad work or you've seen him do hit, hit a heavy bag, he'll sit there for rounds, you know, again, like, his whole day might be all on heavy bag. His whole day might be on sitting there and doing real tight moves, right? Um, with like um, uh, having someone hold pads for him or something like that, right? So that's like the big thing, you know, again, for sure um, that, you know, for me, it, it wouldn't be my, you know, if I only had three, that's not my, that's not my thing. Yeah. And I agree with you, Steve, with what you said, as far as um, shortening them up, um, just understand why some of those guys aren't able to do those moves and why they can't hit the machine in the first place. Yeah. Um, attack the issue and then, you know, re, re implement the machine. Well, and, and that's another thing with that bow is the same thing too, with the shortening guys up. Sometimes that's what I'm talking about too, with like, uh, like compensations is some guys just because they get short, doesn't make it a good swing, right? Yeah. There's some guys that have short punches or quick punches, or that doesn't mean that they're a good fighter, right? It's a, it's a quality of a good fighter. It's a quality of a good hitter, but there's a lot of guys that are pushy that are real short to the ball and they can't hit a ball, you know, over the infield. Right. Yeah. Or again, like they're, they're getting blown up all the time. They're really short. So that's again, like everything needs context with it of being like short is great. Um, you know, but again, there's compensations, even when there's good qualities within those compensations as well. For sure. Yeah, no, that's a good point uh, there, Ryan. Again. Yeah. Uh, that's a big thing is uh, like Bo was saying with like, you put pressure on a leaking pipe uh, you know, you get to see where it sprays. If guys are practicing bad movement po uh, problems, right? Uh, or patterns. And then you, you, again, you're putting them on the machine, like me, 
and I'm taking more and more swings over and over and over and over and over and over again, rather than practicing really good swings with maybe, again, when you look at it like from skill acquisition, like maybe a lesser task, right? And I, I work on actually movements, right? I'm much more like where those movements can show up more often rather than, you know, just being on the machine. So again, machines, let's say this again, machine is a yeah. very great, great, great tool and we use yeah. it for sure. But in progressions, progressions up to it for sure. I think it's very hard too for like, we're in the private sector. So we have the opportunity to really individualize training for a lot of these high school and college coaches. Like that's the issue we had was like, you have a certain amount of time and you try to individualize as much as you can. But even Dinkle, like you would suck. And what would he say? Get in there, Joey. Like <laughs> yeah. we're practicing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for you sure. just, you have constraints that you can't really, um, can't individualize it as much as you'd like. I think there's still ways you can in a team setting. Yeah. Um, but I think that's some of the battle that a lot of guys face is blending the, the private sector tra type training into a team setting. Yeah. And then some of the, some of those things too, like guys can't fix uh, again, if you want to like, when you start going into like how the body actually make changes a lot of times, like, again, like you, by, by you swinging and avoiding certain ranges of motions or certain movements or whatever, you're not building coordination in the right patterns. Right. And two, yeah. you're not creating stability or again, the range of motion you need, uh, need to have to be able to get into some of these positions. And you're not going to gain that stuff just by sitting there and swinging over and over and over again off of a machine. Um, and again, with context, it doesn't mean yeah. that we never hit on the machine. It's just understanding sure. when and where there's a reason when a lot of great hitters, right. Are all doing the same thing. There's probably a reason behind it. They might not understand the reason, but there's probably something behind it. And more so as like my scientist brain wants to figure out why it works for that guy. Right. And why all of that is happening. So like, for example, uh, you know, again, a lot of guys try to hit the ball opposite way. A lot of guys, you know, uh, you, before games want to hit BP. It doesn't mean that we should never hit off the machine before game. And a lot of pro guys still uh, do that as well. Hit breaking ball machines and stuff before game. But uh, you, again, when a lot of guys are focused on certain things, there's usually something behind it. We should do a better job of trying to understand why that is. Um, and one more thing before we, add, we go on from that is that in some people, some people like to use the, the example of Japan all the time. They do like live throwing. They do all this other stuff. Like, look, if Japan had the best hitters, well then, yeah, we would do what they do, right? We should do exactly what they do, but they come to United States, right? And playing the MLB, right? Where and they, they're doing certain things where again, or even the same, same thing Dominican, like they, like those, like it matters what you look as, as really good players. But again, even with that is that there is, there is something that I would pull from. There's things we can pull from Japan. There's things we can pull from the Dominican. There's things we can pull from the MLB. We need to blend all of those things together and figure out what works and what works for who. Yep. Joe, I know, I know you like the progression and the blending. Um, Steve asked right there, what, what would that process look like for a ninth grade freshman? Um, where that would start and, and where would that end to? Um, I mean, you could see the comments there too, but do you think yeah. he's got that? What would you say to that? Yeah, so um, it's very different for different guys, right? So sometimes you got to know the difference between understanding like if we're just waking up a pattern, right? Or if we are creating a pattern. So those are different things. So yeah. for example, um, like certain pro a majority, I would say a large amount of pro guys, I'm not necessarily creating a pattern. I'm just waking up a pattern that is there. I just have to get it to be more the dominant pattern. Yeah. So like, for example, what does this mean? This is means when you're on streaks, right? You're hot ball looks huge. You can see the ball. Great. You're hitting the ball. Well, all of a sudden you're moving really well, right? Which is helping you see the ball better. 
right? Which is helping you get in the good positions and being able to have more time to hit all these other things that people are saying, like, absolutely. So the opposite side of that is when you're, you know, when it's not going so well, right? You're not moving as well. Um, all these other things happen. Like you're still, if you watch a hitter, anybody throughout the league, if you watch Miguel Cabrera throughout a season, he moves different throughout the season. Now yep. he moves uh, more consistently than most guys throughout a season, which is why he has the results that he has. And he also moves more efficiently and more effectively than most guys. So what does this mean? The reason I'm saying all this stuff is that when you come back and you have like a ninth grader is we just like we do of our process, you know, what we would do, a guy comes in, right? I have to assess him. I got to figure out what he does really well, what he doesn't do well, right? What are we actually trying to change? Is this, is this just going to be a quick, you know, again, like I'm waking up a pattern and you know, I can have him for four days and all of a sudden get crazy results, right? Or, right, is this going to be something where he's never moved this way before and this might take months? And do I have time? This is the big one that everybody misses. Do I have time to take Humpty Dumpty apart and put him back together again? If I don't have time to do that, like if I'm in season and I'm going to completely tear this guy's swing apart and we're going to go all the way down to PVCs and he's got a game today and now he's in his head and he doesn't know how to transfer it. And now, you know, like I could cause a whole bunch of issues. How does he internalize failure? Uh, you know, again, what is this guy? How do I need to present to this guy? Do we need to do things all really athletic? For example, that's actually a pretty good progression that he goes in there, right? PVC, pipe, T, front toss, live, right? Like you can, you can do that. Um, I would say um, that live is lesser than a machine, unless it's like a certain pitch that guys can't hit. Uh, sure. Because a machine, yes, it's harder the time, um, but you know it's coming, right? Mm-hmm. And you know generally where it's going to be. Um, so that's the same thing too. People think that they, they, they think that live they're more successful because they think of it like an at bat. When guys are hitting off the machine, they don't think of it like an at bat. So they internalize failure differently. If they swing and miss three times off the machine, they think they suck. If they swing and miss three times in the game and again, uh, uh or they, you know, hit the, you know, they foul one off and then the next pitch they hit a single. Oh, great. And if I hit that single, I tell guys that all the time. If I hit that single off of like Chris sale or something like that, like, I would be feeling like I'm on top of the world, but because I'm hitting off the machine, you know, again, like guys think that that's lesser. So um, what I say with that is like, again, understanding all of those scenarios uh, change how I would go through progressions with certain guys and, you know, like how it go through stuff. So, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that I learned, especially shadowing you and Eugene was like completely changed the paradigm was to, it just depends. Like it's so individualized yeah. per player. Like you can have a plan, but depending on what the move is or depending on the time, like amount of time, like you said, it's really going to change the plan you have. Um, and I would say to err on more of the foundational move before you really try to build on top of the foundation. Um, yeah. Obviously, depending on the time of year, you're just going to have to try to equip him to go, to go hit. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that that tiptoes the line of what we're going to try to start doing with the farm system of like the art of coaching, yeah. um, understanding the player, understanding what they need and being able to prescribe the right medication mm-hmm. um, instead of having like a generic med, right, that you just give to everybody. Um, I think that, I, I mean, I think that's huge, especially for team coaches that, you know, they just don't, it's not that they don't want to know or they don't have the tool set. They just, they're just not equipped yet. Yeah. Yeah. Much. And, and, and there's that other, there's that side that you're talking about there, right? Is that a lot of it is what we're trying to do is help you create feel. And that's very difficult. Teaching the science of something, teaching, if, if you want, like right now, here in the next 10 minutes, I can give you the basis and the spark notes of skill acquisition. Yeah. That's the science. The science is easy, right? The science is the easier, sorry. The science is the easier part, but yeah, right. The art side of it 
is way harder. It's yep. way harder. The feel, the timing, all, yep. when do I go up? When do I go back? With who? When? How? Do I have time? Do I not have time? How quickly is he going to progress? Is this the Band-Aid or is this the actual you know, meat and potatoes or what's causing? And maybe what I'm seeing is the byproduct. I see the pushy hands. I see the bad bat path. Is it because of the, what he's doing with his hands or does it have something to do with how he's moving his trunk? Is it how he's moving his lower body? Or is it because of how he's creating force, which is more often than not causes majority of the problems? So like all of those things, that's the art side. That's what makes well, things so hard. And the art side is, is it simply because of the way I'm trying to tell oh. the player to do it? Yeah, sports psychology. It, 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 it could be as simple as it, I'm, I'm the problem as the coach. I'm not giving him the right cue, the right tool. Which yep. it's a great look. If if hitting coaches were, um, if you were scored on the knowledge you knew, there'd be a lot of great hitting coaches in the world. But there's a reason that knowledge doesn't make you a great coach, right? Yeah. You have to be able to do both. Um, and like you're saying, Steve, uh, we're going to try to start doing that because there's a lot of there's a lot of information. I mean, you can find information on anything nowadays. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are self-educated. Um, being able to know uh, when to implement certain things is going to be the next wave in player development. And those are the guys that are going to get plucked that know the information and can get guys to do it. Yeah. And, and, it, and also too, again, like diversified in the sense of can speak multiple languages, right? Yeah. Like it's very big to be able to go, Hey, you know, again, one, one of the things like consulting for uh, MLB orgs, one of the big things that, you know, I know I, I see that Strickland's on here. I know he's got to do a very similar thing as well is being able to go to um, these organizations, talk to the biomechanists and tell the hitting coach like, Hey, this is what the biomechanist is trying to tell you. And then also go to the biomechanist and say, Hey, I know I get what you're saying. I know that that creates more force, but what the hitting coach is trying to tell you is that he's losing space and direction or, or whatever. Right. And understanding all the dynamics that go into that. And then going to, again, talking to, um, you know, let's say like a nutritionist or, you know, Hey, I know this would be the best thing for him or, Hey, you know, his sports psychologist, I know this would be the best thing for him. And then being able to communicate with all that communicate with the front office, right? How do we communicate all these things and get all of these pieces working together? Cause all of these people want to help the athlete. Nobody yeah. wants to see the athlete do bad, but sometimes it's a byproduct, you know, of, again, of miscommunications, yeah. how I'm communicating, you know, all of those things, all those I mean, dynamics. Honestly, in a way, this ties into one of the questions we got, which I thought was funny at first. Um, <laughs> I'll keep it an, uh, anonymous. So, um, but they asked me, how the hell do you deal with Joey Cunha all the time? <laughs> <laughs> like he just wants to talk and talk and talk and he's smart. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just like Joey's saying, the relationship yeah. In the organization, you got the smart guys. Yeah, you got the pretty smart guys that know um, the people and know the mm-hmm. connection and how to interpret things. Yeah, um, and that's why we do a lot of the things we do because Joey is brilliant. I mean, he finds information. He's Appreciate he's it. a lot smarter than me when it comes to the swing. But I I I communicate with him and let him know. Hey, this is probably why you know he's not doing it. Maybe you position it like this. Um, and having people on the staff, it's like we're me and my wife are watching this universe show. When two supernovas get close together, that explosion is catastrophic and it's done, right? Joey's a supernova in one way. I'm a supernova in another way. And we balance each other out. And having that good balance on your staff and having people that are well, well-rounded in different avenues, that's when, like, synergy and organizations can really grow is having yeah. people – you know, in, in, in a certain niche, but yeah. And using people um, like, like you, like you and the same thing too, like with that bow is like knowing each other's strengths and knowing each other's weaknesses. I know there's so many things. And again, like people miss this all the time and I try to do it and I need to do it more often, 
but just more so like the same thing of being backwards. It's like, again, like I'm not who I am. I don't have the time to go and learn and do all the things that I want to do or create like I want to create and be in that mindset. If I don't have, again, like a guy like you behind the scenes, behind the curtain. And that's the same thing too. Like it's funny because then that role switches when I get with hitters. I want to be the guy behind the curtain (laughs) and I want them to be the superstar, right? I want them to go do these things. But he, again, we have a healthy respect for each other, right? And the same thing with us, right? Like healthy respect. Like there's a lot of things that, you know, you do. Then again, that's why, you know, our relationship works. And then figuring out like there's certain things that, you know, it's, it's, uh, that I'm not good at. Right. And there's certain things that, you know, you're best suited for that job or, you know, me, uh, for example, like one of my biggest, we talked about this in the blind spot episode, but like, I'm a suffocator, like I'll suffocate the, the air out of every idea. And, but again, when used correctly, um, we can use, we can use that to our advantage and really learn margins and a lot of things with business that has really helped us. But at the same time too, it's like timing and like, yeah. when, where, and, all those other things. and also to answer the question in the less professional way, Joey's <laughs> tough to work with at times. <laughs> kind of a pain in the bum, but I agree. Hey, we make it work. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting close. I think we got what, like 10 minutes left, Joey. Well, uh, I, I actually, well, this is the thing, uh, just so that we don't have to cut it real hard. I have a uh, notification that came up from zoom that said that, Hey, we have a gift for you. We took off the 40 minute time limit. Oh, nice. So I don't, I don't know why it happened. Maybe God, Hey, you know, you know what I'm thinking, but yeah. like, you know, but again, it gives us a little bit more time. That way we don't have to do a hard cut. I actually did one of yeah. these with uh, Everson the other day and it just literally cut us yeah. off right at the, <laughs> so before, sure. before we dive in another question, Joey, why don't we give away a course? Well, yeah, why not? Let's, yeah, let's do it. Who we Who got? Well, all I'm saying is Steve has been engaging quite a bit. That's all I'm saying, right? Hey, guys, if you guys – okay. So I think we should give one to Steve. Steve, make sure to hit us with a DM. Uh, And if you've already purchased the course or something like that, you can donate it to somebody else or whatever, right? But, yeah, why don't we go ahead and give one to Steve? Steve's been interacting quite a bit, so that's that's good. I'm in on that. Perfect. And then I'm going to go back to the question that led us down the rabbit hole. Uh, You touched on it there, too, about natural moves. Um, the big thing with Bleak's, uh, you know, the book and the course, and he's bringing light to is the kickback. Yeah. Um, somebody asked us if that's something we train, um, or if it's more of a natural move yep. and then how to kind of decipher between the two. Yeah. So, uh, the simple answer, both, <laughs> but yes, um, a kickback or a scissor, right. As a lot of old school guys would call it a scissor. Um, is a very natural movement. Again, like I've posted multiple times, we have a whole bunch of uh, youth athletes that are already doing it when they're, when they're, you know, uh, it's just understanding how the body works. And again, we go over this in the course and we make it super simple. Just understanding like reciprocal movement patterns with all that means is again, like working across our body and how our body actually creates force. It's a very natural movement that our body does, um, especially with the task at hand of hitting a baseball, like the weight transfer and all that stuff. Now um, with that, yes, that is something that if a guy doesn't, while that is a very efficient way, and I was actually talking, we're going to have a, a biomechanist on here, a little plug for you guys. We're going to have a biomechanist on here in just a, a couple episodes from now. We're probably going to do it live like this, is that, um, and we're going to have, uh, he's going to pop up on the screen and show a whole bunch of examples, which would be awesome. But we were talking the same thing too, is he was talking about how that, you know, that's how people are creating um, rotation. And I said, I agree. And I was like, would you agree? I was like, would you agree that while this is one way of creating force, it isn't the only way of creating rotational force. And he said, Oh, absolutely. So a lot of guys, for example, when we talk about that uh, in the course as well is guys that yanking with their lower half or yanking with their backs to create rotation. Um, These are all different ways to create rotational force. Now they all cause rotation. Rotation happens, but 
by sometimes we talk about this um, is just that sometimes when I'm gaining force, I'm also losing other things, right? Yeah. So sometimes I'm sacrificing space and direction to create force, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm losing a force transmission. I'm not gonna be able to transfer this force into the ball. So while there is a whole bunch of different ways, and this is a Franz Bosch quote, right? If you guys haven't read his book, uh, that's definitely a great, uh, great one to, uh, to go look at. But Franz Bosch's book is understanding this, is while there is more than one way to do something, right? There's only so many ways to do it, one. And then two, I would add to that and say, there's only so many efficient movements or effective movements you can do, yeah. right? Um, or there's only so many effective movements that you can do or efficient movements that you can do for you yep. that keep you healthy and, you know, uh, produce good results. Right. Yeah. One thing, one thing I'd add on there too, um, cause I wasn't really familiar with the scissor till I got out to 108. Yeah. Um, I mean, I saw it and I actually did it quite a bit. I landed super close. Like yeah. I have to, yeah. um, so I wouldn't kick back, but my body orientation was in that kickback position. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it depends on pitch location. Yep. Um, we were talking about that yesterday with some guys that want to wait the posture and how the kickback allows you to maintain posture and in, in your direction through the middle of the field. Yep. So um, a lot of guys won't always do it. They'll just do it on certain pitches. Um, yep. And, and how then, much they do it. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a little yeah. baby kick. Yeah. Yep. Um, which that's what we do. I know we did a lot of like closed off tosses for inside pitches and, and allowing them to create space in more efficient ways. Yeah. Um, because like you're saying, like people can argue as much as they want. We're not arguing that um, not doing it. Uh, it's the best way to create rotational force. Yeah. Um, there's a million ways to um, yeah, but what we found is the most efficient way to give space force in the uh, direction throughout the yeah. swing. And that's also too, just by studying how pro guys are and how these guys are changing their orientation, how they're, you know, uh, how they're creating space, how they're creating direction. Um, that's just from studying a, a ton of guys. Now, with that being said, again, like not everyone, first off, not everyone needs the kick, right? Yeah. Not everyone needs the scissor is understanding. And, the, and I think Bobby Tewksbury said this the uh, best to me the other day is that understanding that. Sometimes a guy is what sometimes a guy is scissoring or kicking back under the hood. Yeah. Okay. So what does that mean? Is that just because the leg isn't kicking back behind the body doesn't mean that the same movement isn't happening. Like again, the, the pelvis isn't counter rotating and all these other things that are happening. Um, again, much more complexities to go into much more rap holes, but sometimes we got to understand that this is just the outside of the car. We're not seeing the engine. We're not seeing what's pulling and what's creating what, you know, we're not seeing all of the anatomical features that are happening at the, at the time, right? So we got to understand there's a lot of things happening underneath the hood. And that's why it makes it so hard as a hitting coach, because we're just guessing what this guy's working on. Oh, he's working on pulling his knob to the ball, or he's working on doing this or doing that or doing whatever. Um, I had a, 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 one thing I encourage a lot of our um, college guys is to ask us or send me videos when they see something and they have a question. So he pulled up a video of Nelson Cruz and he goes, he looks like he's swinging down right here. Yeah. And I watched the video and he, yeah, hammers a real low, like three foot off, the, uh, three foot off the ground, like a little line drive to the back of the cage. And I'm like, he is swinging down right there. Right. And he's working on swinging down. I know there's a lot of pro guys that work on like hammering the ball straight into the ground, especially early rounds. And then I used to have a guy, uh, actually the name was uh, Zach Walters. If any of you guys remember him, he used to train out of my Academy back in the day. He used to end every single round where he would let the ball get as deep as possible. And he would slice the ball into the cage right across from it. Right. And that was how he would end the round. And that was so weird to me. I'm like, why would you want to end on that? But it, to him, it was like, how deep can I let the ball get? And this is also a very common thing that you'll hear like Miguel Cabrera and stuff like that. Talk about, uh, you know, again, with us having Dixon on the team, he'll talk about that as like, it'll be spring training 
when you're the goat, you can do what you want. But mm -hmm. when you're in spring training, he's like, I'm not swinging until I get two strikes and I'm only swinging at curveballs and I'm trying to shoot him into the dugout in front of me. It's like, okay, hold on. <laughs> he's doing some crazy stuff, but that's what he's working on. And if it's effective and it helps him create the movements that he's trying to create. And I tell guys that all the time. If the only reason we hit off the tee, the only reason we hit in the cage, the only reason we do anything is so that we can play in the game and we can produce in the game. If it doesn't produce in the game, what are we doing? Right. If it, if it's not creating the movements that I want in the game, then what are we doing now? That obviously needs some context of understanding some things take time and blah, blah, blah. But you know, that's very something to keep in mind when we're training and how we're training. You don't need to train like Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz doesn't need to train like you. Josh Donaldson trains different than Mike Trout. They're both good. Right. So it's just understanding what you need to do, which is the hard part. It sounds simple, but yeah. figuring out what you need to do, Right. And Bo, you know, you and I train different. I probably should have trained more like you. I'm, I probably got some tips. I mean, uh, listen, if anybody forgets, I always, my, my boy, all American, I, I came over there to the third base and Bo was standing there and I said, well, I guess I'm not playing. <laughs> well, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I got 15 ABs. I get it. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually funny that you mentioned the McGuff Prayer thing because I'd always, I'd always sit breaking ball. It, like, it didn't matter. I mean, early in the count, late in the count. Um, and it allowed me to land closed and uh, stop my pelvis from going. Yeah. It, it yeah. forced me to stop and resist rotation until, oh, shoot, that's a fastball. And now it's stopped and the barrel can release forward, yeah. um, which I never understood. Like, yeah. I remember I talked to you and those guys, and I'd be like, look, I'm sitting change up. And they'd throw <laughs> me a fastball middle in, and I hit it out of the park. You know? For sure. And then I would say the same thing. I'm like, Bo, if I don't think fastball, I'm getting yeah. blown up because I was so long to the ball, and I had to commit so early then I started, I swung at a whole bunch of, you know, my swing and miss rate out of the zone, my, you know, again, sliders in the dirt. I was out, I, I was striking out. There's a reason that I led, I think I might've led California and Juco in strikeouts. Strike I mean, out. I had some, I had some jacks, I hit some doubles, you know, I had some, I had a higher slugging percentage, but still like, yeah, there's a reason I had a really long swing and I was, you know, I had to think the opposite. My thoughts are like that. Like I was telling the truth. I couldn't think change up. I couldn't think slider. Well, I couldn't. My first two years, I couldn't. I mean. I was swinging at curveballs that bounced two feet in front of home plate because I was sitting fastball so hard. <laughs> Absolutely. No, for sure. No, that's no great point. Oh, and then tying back to your original question, because I'd like to do this is get off topic. Um, yeah. Yes, uh, we teach it quite a bit. Um, we work on it when we're actually in the facility. We work on these movement patterns all the time. Um, again, you'll hear guys like Altuve, Edgar Martinez, Miguel Cabrera, these guys talking about them working on their, you know, scissor or their, their kickback every single day working on stopping their hips. You'll hear Alex Bregman talk about, I'm trying to keep these flashlights on the wall and I don't want them to come off the wall while I'm hitting. Like those, these are all their thoughts to create a lot of these things. So uh, one of the examples I give, I gave the other day is like, you can believe in gravity or not believe in gravity. It's still, it still yeah. exists, right? So just because you don't know that you're working on something doesn't mean that you're not working on it. There's a lot of coaches that are working on kickbacks or scissors. They just don't understand that they're actually working on it. And that's where there's some resistance is like, hey, you've been working on breaks. Like again, if you're working on balance, you're working on deceleration. Yeah. You can't be balanced after the end of a swing if you don't decelerate properly and you don't decelerate, you know, again, to counter the force that you just created. So a lot of guys, that's a perfect example of a guy, a lot of guys don't understand that they're, they're training deceleration or they're training a lot of these things. They just don't, it's a byproduct of what they're doing, but they're yeah. not, it, I'm just trying to connect those dots, you know? So at what point, maybe to give a more applicable answer, like at what point do you want to um, train the kickback? Like, like let's say you're working with a guy and you're saying he really needs to train the kickback. What would that look like? 
Yeah. So um, originally, it's usually not the first thing that I would go to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, usually, the, the these are my things. Even in season, I think the, these are the two things that I would always focus on kind of first, my first big nuggets. First big nuggets is first off is like them holding the ground. Again, if we want to be stable, if we want to be stable, we want to be the most stable as possible, right? We need to be attached to the most stable thing we have access to, which is the earth, right? Yeah. So if I want to be able to decelerate, I want to be balanced. I want to have all those other great characteristics. If I come out of the ground, well, now I'm in trouble, right? So understanding first thing I do is get guys back into the ground and getting them anchored. That's something you can work on in season. A lot of coaches already do that, right? The first round of every day, what do a lot of guys do? Have you spread out, right? Get wider, stay in the ground a lot better, work balls to your backside, right? These are all other techniques that guys have been doing um, that help guys stay in the ground. Uh, we use blocks a lot of, you know, that's one of the ones that we, a major thing that we do. And then the second thing I always work on as well, uh, you can, you could couple these together, like deceleration and bracing, right? But again, uh, I think those two things you can work on in season and bracing, you know, again, we do a lot of things like, you know, the, the plyo balls, um, you know, who hit, you know, old school stuff like soccer balls, tires, um, a lot of that stuff as well. And then also trying to uh, heavier bats, a whole yeah. bunch of things like that. Yeah. The point I want to make there too, because I, I'm, I'm literal, I'm a literal learner. So if, if you tell me hold the ground and yep. get on the floor, yep. that might be different given the context of the guy and how much length they have, the length tension, because some guys are anchored and they're holding the ground, but their foot's off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And you can be anchored. And again, uh, that's where it comes and comes in more the complexity of like, when the foot comes out of the ground. So a lot of times that's one thing I'm looking at is like understanding when it comes out of the ground and we're looking at like sequencing and then understanding like how their body works. Um, but a lot of times they're coming out of the ground because of how they're creating force. Yeah. So it was bracing part of the decel process. Um, yeah. So it's kind of coupled together. Um, great question. Um, actually kind of pretty tough to answer yes. um, in the sense of like quickly. Um, yeah. So understanding that I'm most stable Right. And someone gave this great example. I actually stole this from a uh, high school coach uh, another day when I was at a facility is think of it like this. I'm most stable and able to apply force when I'm stopped. What meaning like this, think about like I have a truck, right? And so like, imagine this is that I'm sprinting from the end of the street and he, this is the example he gave. If I'm sprinting from the end of the street and I have all this force and I'm trying to hit the truck and move the truck. If I sprint and hit the truck, that truck ain't going nowhere right? But if I stop myself, I push against the truck and then I take small steps, I can push that truck, you know, again, I can push that truck, you know, past the house or whatever, right? Is understanding like the stability and being able to transfer force is much more important. And especially when it speaks into efficiency and effectiveness of strikes. So yes, it, uh, to be able to be solid and, and if you think of it like this is that as I'm decelerating, I'm creating tension across my body. And as I'm creating tension, that creates me being stable and, uh, and, and a, a solid object, a brick wall uh, for that to run into, right? I don't want to be a loose rubber band. A loose, a loose rubber band at contact, right, is not a stable object. It's flimsy. It's all over the place. If you have a stretched rubber band, it's much more braced. Um, it's much more uh, able to transfer force uh, throughout the ball. Yeah. The, the, the way that helped me think, uh, conceptualize it when I first started 108 was like I used to play football. and like before I would elicit all the force, like you have all this, the, the speed and the force, you brace up like right before collision, right? Yeah. And that allows you to transfer all the force into the, the runner with the ball or whatever you're trying to hit. Yeah. Um, it's the same in baseball. It's like a pendulum, right? Like if you want to create force forward, this is going to have to stop to, to fling it forward. Um, yeah. and, and training bracing 
um, you know, depending on where you're at and how uh, well you can desell. Um, it kind of just puts people in the position without them yeah. knowing they're deselling or anything. It, it's just natural. The body does it to allow the energy to transfer forward. Yeah. And that's a, and that's a, again, that's why this is all the science behind all this. I don't, some players want to know all this stuff and it helps them. Yeah. Some players want to know it and I don't tell them anyways. <laughs> it's just like, listen, you think too much. You know, I was that guy. Just like, you think like, just do, let me be the nerd. You know, yeah. well, we'll, you know, if you have to know what I know before you can get better, we're in trouble. <laughs> What's, what's Chris got for us? As possible. the drill, but adding movements, it will get messed up. That's the art. Yep. Really? Yeah. That's the, that's the, no, it's a good question. Um, Rue Bottom has uh, worked with us at One Weight for quite a while. Um, I worked with them, you know, again, we've gone through a whole repattern with him. Um, hey, I call him, I call him the champ champ. That's the batting champ. He came back, he won kickback and then uh, uh, got to go forward. So he's definitely a big student. He sends me a lot of videos all the time. Um, he was actually the one that sent me the Nelson Cruz video I was talking about earlier. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just understanding like with that is like understanding that as you add variables, right, things are, there's more, more, there's more of a chance of things to go wrong as you add variables, right? Um, and understanding with that is like, okay, some guys as I progress is just monitoring failure rates, right? If I progress and he's failing 80% of the time, well, that's probably not good, right? He's only getting it right two out of 10 times. That's probably not good. So I need to, I need to drop back down. I need to regress. It doesn't necessarily mean that I need to go all the way back, right? To a way lesser progression that they're, they're good at hundred percent of the time. Cause that's another thing. If they're doing it hundred percent of the time, they're probably succeeding too much. Yeah. You know, again, context of when and where, but again, they're doing 100% of the time. Guys don't even, uh, you know, are not even successful in like front toss 100% of the time, right? So understanding like progressions of like how to go back, how do I make this a little bit harder, right? Where do I find a middle in between those? How do I make that other thing a little bit harder? Do I change the time variable, right? Do I make them have to do it quicker, right? Do I make them have to see a color? Do I, do I uh, you know, add something, some variable in there that adds some noise to the system, right? Some variance, right? Some stimulus to the system and then go that middle ground. And then once he can do that, well, then maybe we progress again. Oh no, wait, he's still struggling with it. Okay. We need to go back and change something else. Maybe I got to do something else with his vision. Maybe I have to make the, you know, maybe give him a heavier bat, maybe give him a lighter bat. Maybe we just have to do this more times to create coordination within this pattern, even though it's like, um, it's like working out, right? Even though I can do 35 pounds with perfect form hundred percent of the time. And then if I go to 40 pounds, all of a sudden my form gets messed up, right? What happens is I need to go back to 35, right? And I can maybe just need to do it longer, right? Maybe I need to do it for one more week before I go up so I can create coordination and some more stability in there. Or again, you add something like, a, um, you, you can add something like someone sitting there and like hitting the weight to add some instability. Maybe you do some stuff with the band. You add some progressions in there, some, some extra stimulus that's going to make it harder to do. And then you go back up again and you, again, it's like kind of trial and error to understand when you go forward and when you go back and maybe you get it today, but then you come in tomorrow and you can't do it because you're tired. You know, all, all the stuff, you know, all these other variables are out of it. Maybe you stayed up with your girlfriend too long or something. I think that's something that we should, we'll probably do in the future is like a, some type of blending or progression or regression course. Cause I think a lot of coaches, that's where um, they, they, they have like the base foundation and they know where they want to go, yeah. but the path to get there, sometimes they just, it's a, they're taking too many detours. They're, they're not sure. You know what I mean? And that's something that I struggled with, not struggled with, but that's uh, in the team setting when I was coaching. Um, I think a lot of coaches kind of struggle with that, like understanding the pieces and, and what to prescribe. 
Um, and I, I know that's something you really like to do, Joey. So maybe that's something we could put together and yeah, no, uh, to put a little plug there, um, one way it has some great examples in their membership that they have together. Um, they have some great examples of like some of the progressions and regressions we did. Even the, my bridge, the gap presentation, I go through an example of like an outlining yeah. of like how I go through about like creating those. Um, we also have a, a code for you guys to use to get you guys, you know, we always want to save you guys some money. Yeah. Uh, so we have some codes for you guys for that stuff. So you guys are interested in that. Uh, definitely shoot us uh, a DM or again, maybe we'll just make a post. Uh, or we can do this uh, podcast and we put it um, on iTunes. We'll, we'll link it there as well. Yeah. 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 So the regressions and regressions, that's first off, I don't want to take credit for that. That's skill acquisition science. That's yeah. just spark notes. I'm giving you guys a like high level overview of like spark notes of a yeah. lot of science uh, that, you know, in ways that I've, I've learned the big, the biggest thing I think that again, it's like being able to pull things from one for another. It's one thing to read the science It's another thing to be able to apply it to baseball and figuring out how to do it with this individual. Um, but for me to start understanding it, that's where I started um, is just to start reading how people are going through progressions and understanding how progressions and regressions work. Right. Um, and then that is, and we say this in the mini course, but like if there is a magic pill of teaching new skills, it's the art of blending. Like the yeah. art of blending back and forth and when to regress and when to progress, like that is the magic. Like that is where it's done. That's where movements really come to life. Yep. I yeah, agree. For sure. Let's but, give something away. Yeah. I was going to say before we move <laughs> on, let's, let's, what do you want to do? Farm board? Yeah. Let's go farm board. Uh, you know what? You know what? You know what? Rue Bottom needs a farm board. He's been hitting me about farm boards for a long time. I He's agree. Me. He's been, you give me a hard time. So you know what, Rue Bottom, go ahead, go ahead, send me over your information where you want to ship to big dog. We'll send you out a farm board. You know, that's, that's, that's love from your boy. Farm board 2.0. That's the first one we're sending out. Actually the Steve? second one, Steve, you're getting the first one. Yeah. Steve getting the first one. No, Steve's got the, uh, Steve's got the course. The course. Yeah. Garth's um, getting the first one. Garth's getting the first one. Um, yeah. So no, yeah, we'll, we'll give one to Rue Bottom. I know he's, he's wanted one for a minute. He sent me videos of him doing some crazy stuff, trying to recreate a farm board. He's doing all yeah. kinds of stuff, trying to get stuff underneath his feet. So I know he's all in on it. So we'll send him. I see him. Yeah. I see the DMs coming in. Hey, baby. Yeah, that's right. Well, um, before we move on, you guys got any questions for us? Be shy now. Don't be shy. I know. Hey, I get it though. Sometimes I'll be back and, you know, you'd be scared to say, ask questions from everybody. Creating force. What do you mean by that? Like how to create it? or like rate of force development or how to create force. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> Steve just keeps hammering me with the, the, the hard one. Yeah. How do I create force in my players? Yeah. So, okay. So one thing that I believe in heavily is understanding biggest mistake. Probably I would probably say that this is the biggest mistake that I made when I was coaching. No, no, I'm still coaching. When I first started coaching is that I was a big believer in build the athlete first, build the athlete first, build the athlete first. What I was doing and how I internalized that, what I thought that that meant, right, was that I just want to teach guys to rotate fast or hard or whatever. The problem with that is, is that's like, again, going into a martial arts studio and telling someone to go to the back and just say, hey, hit this heavy bag as hard as you can right? We got to understand that it, just because you're teaching guys haymakers, it doesn't make him a good fighter, right? And just because he throws a good haymaker doesn't mean that he throws a good jab or good uh, right cross, right? 
the smaller the window of time to get up to speed, that's like, again, the difference of like, okay, the top speed of this car is 300, can go 300 miles an hour, right? That'd be insane, right? But zero to 60, it takes 20 seconds. Well, yeah, even though it's like a train, a train can get up to a really high rate of speed. It just takes a really long time to get up the speed, right? If you get into a, a, um, like a, a bike, right? A bike uh, in the sense of like a, like a motorcycle, a motorcycle gets up to speed really fast, right? Their acceleration is insane how fast they can get to zero to 60, right? So we're trying to build athletes that can get up to speed rapidly, rate of force development in very short windows, right? So we train that specifically where I messed up in the beginning was I was teaching all my guys to throw massive haymakers. All my guys could throw haymakers. He could hit the ball 5,000 feet. Oh, they can't. <laughs> he could hit a ball. You know, our guys can hit, my guys could hit jacks, but they were literally, they were like me as a player. I was teaching what I knew. I could hit jacks, right? Bo, you saw like in BP. I was a BP All-American. BP yeah. All-American. You're the real All-American. I was a BP All-American. Hit a whole bunch of bombs, you know, 450 feet. Your game time comes, yeah, I could hit a ball 450 feet, usually foul because I had bad direction and bad breaks. Yep. But that also came with the cost of me understanding I needed a very large window to get up to speed. I was long to the ball, right? I was long to the ball. I had to commit early. I rarely made contact. And when I did, it had bad direction and they're usually foul. Well, that doesn't play, right? So the big thing is like, when you're training guys to create force, we do want to create an athlete. We just want to do it by not recklessly abandoning technique. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think to kind of sum up the way I interpret what you're saying, force transmission trumps force, um, the force, the amount of force you can create. Correct. Um, it's like Chris Bryant. We train some guys in the Cubs organization. They make fun of him because he's mastered hitting the ball 380 feet, but he does it more often than anybody. He's just more efficient and he can transfer force uh, more often because of the amount of time it takes him to get up to speed. Yeah. No. He, and it, he has late decision-making, direction's good, uh, space is good. It allows him to make contact more often with – he's getting the most out of the force he creates, right? right. Where yeah. somebody might be able to create more force, but they're never transmitting it because it takes them so long. Their yeah. windows are longer. Um, they're getting blown up. High, high fastball guys that create a lot of force. Yeah. Right? You're going to struggle. So – yeah. Um, force creating, generating force is good, but transmitting the force is king. It's king. Yeah. And then think of, again, go back to that train example, right? If you measure that train 60 feet from where it started, you would say, this is a really slow train. Yeah. But that might not be true. It just can't get up to speed in that short amount of time. If you were to measure it, you know, miles down the road, you know, miles and miles away, you'd be like, man, this train is, this is one of the fastest trains in America. Or, or whatever, right? You just don't know. And that's what happened to me is I could hit so many bombs foul because if you actually, when I actually hit a ball way, way out front and how to hit the ball extremely out front, yeah, that's when I had force. But early in my swing, right? No, early in my swing, I didn't have a lot of speed. I didn't have a lot of force. I wasn't quick within those windows. Um, and I, I, frankly, again, a perfect example of this, I was a swinger. I wasn't a hitter. Yeah. I didn't, I couldn't hit. I wasn't a boxer. I was, I just a guy, I was a guy that threw punches. Right. I was, you know. And you probably lost a lot of energy up the chain that way. You were probably oh, strong. Yeah. Drag you were strong, but at the point of contact, you were weak. You lost oh, energy yeah. all the way along. That's, 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 that's the, the same thing like you're saying, Bo. Like, again, I could, you know, deadlift a house. You know, <laughs> I could deadlift a house, but I couldn't, get the, I couldn't get the force like into the ball consistently within the constraints of a baseball field, you yeah. know. And, and that's, that's 
what we need to do. The whole point, that's the whole point of being a hitter, you yeah. know? So uh, that's big. So I think, oh, I think we'll answer Ryan to hit your question first. Yeah, um, well, why don't you talk about that? The mini course, um, imagine it. I don't know if you've, I mean, Ryan, I think you've seen the 108 course. Our course is like the foundations to the foundations. It's kind of like laying the groundwork um, to then move on to the 108 foundational pieces. Um, the target, we put youth, but youth is more of like where you're at in the learning process of the swing. It doesn't necessarily mean it's only targeted to like 11, 12, 13 year old coaches. Yeah. Um, it's more so like the basic foundation you need to then grow and acquire more information from people like the farm system, 108, Justin Stone, Strickland's on the call with us now. Um, it kind of gives you that solid foundation. So when you hear these trigger words come up in certain conversations, you're like, okay, I might not know the whole story, but I know what they're talking about. And now you have a seat at the table, um, which that, and, and that's what Joe and I want to do. We want everybody to have the opportunity to at least concept, conceptualize the nerd stuff um, that, you know, people like Joey and, and Bleak, they, they love doing, right? And then we present it in a way for you um, to be able to have a seat and consume the content. Yeah, and, and the, the mini course is more put together of like spark notes. I'm not just like obviously the foundations course. Like if you have taken the foundation course, it's a lot about the body. Yeah, we talk about that, but we also talk a lot about the swing because the whole point, yeah. the whole point is to get hitting coaches be able to do it today and be able to apply like, okay, you have all of this science, right? You have all of this science. Now, what does that mean? And what can I do? Um, you know, and how do I apply it with our hitters? And we wanted to do that for, we know that most youth, youth coaches too, a lot of them are volunteers. I mean, shoot, I was paying to coach when I was in high school. And, and to Bo's point, if I would have had this information, if I would have had this course just, you know, two years ago, right, what it would have done for me as a coach would have been, you know, unbelievable right so it's not just um you know again it's not just for oh yeah this is just for you know little leagues and all that stuff as well no like there's you know again this is straight application plus we give away nine drills with it as well and explain how why this drill specifically um you know helps the things that we've talked about and why this is great for youth athletes this is a great drill for them to like you know start like beginning blocks for sure yeah. and it also i would say where it's a little bit different is we touch on the science but we also talk, touch on the art and the blending um, which we're going to do more content towards that in the future. But we tried to do a little bit of a blend um, to apply it today. Um, not super in-depth as far as the application stuff, but it's not just strictly foundational science. Yeah. Um, which especially at younger uh, coaches, like a lot of times at youth level, they're actually coaching movements out of players. So yeah. like we touch on the importance of being able to identify uh, like the foundational pieces we have and just not messing those up. So when those guys are 18, 19, 20, and they're coming into 108 or, you know, a different facility, um, those movements are still in those guys. Yeah. And then you have, uh, again, pros and cons of each. Okay. Uh, our course is dramatically cheaper, which is what we did on purpose. Right. Um, and a lot shorter as well. You can consume it quicker spark notes. We stay high level. We use different language. We give different examples. We use some similar examples as well, right? Yeah. We pull all the thing, we pull the stuff together and again, we make it so it's consumable um, in a short period of time for cheap. You yeah. know, that, that's, that's, that's what a goal was. Yeah. And it, it'll also give you a code to, you know, if it sparks interest and you want to learn more um, transitions to the 108 courses and you can get a discount there as well. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a big thing is that first off we talked about that as well as just like, understanding that 
most coaches, it starts at the youth level. If we really want to push the whole game forward, it can't be, it can't be um, just the guys pulling from the top. It can't be the experts trying to pull everybody forward. They're going to leave too big of a gap in between. You yeah. need youth coaches to push from the bottom to close that gap. Um, and we need, again, we want to leave nobody behind. And also too, we want to help players. A lot of times, a lot of guys, just like in pro organizations, a lot of guys are getting messed up uh, lower in the levels because some volunteer is just trying to help and he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And he's yep. coaching them and he's coaching bad things into certain players or he's coaching them out of really good movements. And, you know, again, like that's, that's why we wanted to go straight to that market, market straight to that market. And we wanted to yep. make sure that, uh, you know, we took care of those guys. For, before we answer your question, Ryan, I want to hit back what Steve said before we move on. Um, I think that's a good place to start to at least be able to like decipher and have a good idea of why there may be leaks and why they're not transmitting as much force with those um, key movement indicators. Um, but once again, like having a good foundation of what each means is huge. Um, but I think that is a good place to start to find some of those energy leaks and be able to pinpoint them quickly is yeah. to understand those key movement indicators and then move on. They have the progressions, regressions, mm -hmm. um, to kind of go back and forth. And if you have any questions about that, I actually do most of the back end work on their website and I can point you to different directions if you have uh, specific questions. Yeah. And that could also be a thing is well, one of the big things is that the, the one way course can be overwhelming sometimes for oh, like someone for that's sure. just learning some of the information. 100%. So it, 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 it's a good, like, let me give you a taste. Let me give you some of the big pieces that can help you right this second. Yeah. And if you want to dig deeper, here's the other resources for yeah. other stuff as well. Well, and, and before we answer Ryan's question, that's kind of why the marriage between the farm system 108 has worked to this point, because we provide a lot of those basic foundations because some people get lost, man, like me and you built the website and I get lost in it. Like I could imagine how overwhelming it could be for somebody trying to learn, right? There's so much information and so much depth that you're just like, don't yeah. know where to go. And that's not, and that's not how you or I learned it either. Right. No. For sure. um, I didn't learn from a course. Now, again, it's better than nothing, right? Like if you can't, if you can't be out there and like, again, uh, especially now one way has a whole bunch of different resources as well. But again, like um, a lot of my time was spent shadowing Eugene, shadowing yeah. Donnie Ecker, shadowing Mike Easler, shadowing all of these guys, right. That really helped me shadowing Conseco, shadowing Frank Thomas. Like a lot of my time was spent shadowing these guys. And then learning how they did it and watching them. And the same thing happened with you, Bo. Like, you got to sit there and shadow me when I progressed, why I didn't progress. You got to ask questions. Like, you got to do all these things, like, in real time on a daily basis. Now, again, if you're in Wisconsin, and that's obviously not a possibility, like, we're trying to find more and more ways to still push everything along um, and, and, and provide information. Because, again, this information, obviously, that you, you know, most likely probably wouldn't have came across. Thank God for the internet and a lot of other things now that we can do and throw things yeah. together. Um, but that's... Yeah. I, I, I think in just before we move on to the next question, Joey says that um, saying it's important that it helped us speed up the process, but there's so much information in these courses that you could pull nuggets and get players better right now. Um, yeah. Because like he's saying the, the feasibility, especially now with the Corona stuff, like you're lucky to leave your house, let alone fly out to California and, and see some of these guys. So I definitely think it's a good first step investment to, spark the interest and then, you know, wherever you like, whatever philosophies you like to go and shadow. I think that allowed me to take that next step and really conceptualizing the stuff because like yeah. you said, the whole time having the information is useless if you can't, you know, get other people to do it. Yeah. Now 
though, though I will say that though with me is for example, is that having the first information, I wouldn't necessarily use the word like useless. It's just like, you need to go further than that. If you yeah, stop there, sure. if you stop there, you're in trouble. But if you don't even get there, well, then you don't even continue to produce yeah. or again, try to yeah. even run down those things. Like I didn't yeah. know the things I knew now, all of a sudden it's like, now I know it, right? Like it's taken, you know, again, uh, I, I, I know I appear, I appear young here, but again, I've been coaching since I was a sophomore in high school. I've been coaching for over 10 years, right? Of having all of these experiences. I brought, I, I got all these coaching experience and these players experiences over these 10 years, right? And had all of these different influences and had some great influences around me to be able to do a lot of those things. So like, yeah. that's why, and that's too, we created a course and just like 108, I created a course. The other side of that to continue along with that education and seeing how we're applying all this stuff is farm plus is one yeah. weight membership is those other sides is continued on of being like, okay, now we have all that information. At least in the course we give again, nine drills that you can do right you now, bulletproof drills that you could do right there that are working on these things. But right. Yeah. You have the other farm plus of saying like, okay, how am I individualizing it for this guy? How am I individualizing for this guy? Because you can learn from my experiences, right? That just like you do as a coach, Instead of learning only from yours, you can combine that with all my experiences and all of these videos that you have on there of like, oh, we're using the farm board with this and how you're doing this and how you're doing that, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to experiment on just your own, right? It yeah. isn't like, okay, here's the information, go do it on your own. Yeah. We provide other platforms and other ways to get more information. Yeah. And the yeah. last thing I'll add to that is that if we've done the job of you wanting to learn more information and being like, okay, well, dang, that's some really interesting information. Where do I go from here? I think that the course has also done its job of inspiring yeah. you of wanting to know sure. more because again, a lot of people going into that, uh, you know, would never even be headed down that direction. Yeah. I think to, to add to C's point right there where he said the art and getting to teach it, the psychology of learning and then teaching. If you're having a hard time, like truly understanding something is taking something very complex and delivering it the most simplest way possible. Yeah. If we're having trouble saying it in a way or presenting it in a way to our players to under, not to understand it, that probably means we ourselves need to educate and learn to educate and learn to get a better grasp of it so we can make it as simple as possible. Yeah. And that's, and that's to look like I get better at teaching it and coaching it every single time I do it. Like yeah. every time I do it, it's better than the time before I did it. Right. So like in the beginning, I understood the concept. I understand I can conceptualize the understanding of that. I'm like, Oh, breaks. Yeah. That makes sense. Transferring for, okay. Blah, blah. But it's like, how do I actually go about doing that? And then also too, like what's the byproducts, when, where, all that stuff. Like that's all learned also from experiencing and coaching it. Right. Just like a lot of coaches learn how to coach now. Right. It's the, it's the same process. It's just sometimes again, like we're learning new information to be able to do that is, you know, yep. for to answer your question, Ryan, we do, We've actually already partnered up with a couple different leagues and cut deals because we want this to get into as many, especially those lower level coaches as possible. So they don't mess those kids up. So yep. um, we definitely will, can work something out with organizations, teams, facilities, whatever that is yep. to get this in the hands of as many coaches as we can. So uh, maybe shoot us a DM. Um, I know you got uh, mine and Joey's numbers uh, reach out. We could probably work something out to, to help you out. Yep. For sure. Let's go. What's that? Let's give some away. What do you think? One more course? Yeah, let's do one more course, one more farm board. Because I have a feeling I know who the other farm board person was. And I don't know if they deserve a farm board, you know? So <laughs> let's, let's give another farm board. Let's give another course. Okay. You want to, should we give, um, should we give Rick the course access? Uh, no, uh, Rick, I, I'm pretty sure Rick already has access. You already have it? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Well, I don't know who Garth is, so I don't know. I mean, no, I do. I do now. I, 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 I got, I got a, I got a DM, so I'm, I'm good. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, I think Ryan does. Ryan, do you already have the mini course? I can't remember. He does not. Okay. Yeah, we'll hook you up. We'll hook him up with a course, and then. Um, well, hey, Ryan, that's a good point you just made that you don't have the farm board, so um, you can actually purchase for. We're going to give you the course, but at the point of purchase with the mini course, we actually offer farm boards and the digital package for 25 bucks. Originally yeah. it's 40. So um, we can probably hook you up with something to get you a farm board too. I know that you, you supported us the whole time and we talked for forever at the ABCA. So we can probably hook you up with something too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think that's it. No, I appreciate it. Thank episode 100, baby. 100. There she is. Awesome. Cool. Well, Moving forward too, guys, I mean, obviously we're going to have people on the show yep. um, uh, with videos, but for the unfilters that we're going to go live, yep. um, you know, shoot us questions. Joey and I love to shoot, you know, back and forth with each other and try to make as, as interactive as possible because, um, you know, Joey will just keep talking and talking. So we need some people to interject and at least ask a question or something. <laughs> Absolutely. And guys, you know, again, um, you know, again, for you, by you and with you, like this is what the podcast has been. Uh, this entire time. And so we look forward to, there's a lot of live uh, things. We have a lot of things planned. It's actually uh, interesting. Again, I think a lot of this time has actually sparked a lot of people's interest in a lot of different avenues that we can create. Um, and, um, you know, Bo and I got a bunch of things planned. We're just getting started, baby. We got a whole bunch of stuff that we got in the works. So I'm um, looking forward to all that stuff. Um, we got a lot more. We'll, we'll get you guys uh, stay in tune on social media. We'll keep you up to date. I uh, have another podcast, a couple podcasts, a guy, a guest lined up here soon. So uh, some really big guests. Uh, which would be awesome. So 